Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. So my message tonight is called Lack Nothing. And um, I'm excited about this message because I know that to lack nothing, uh, it takes something to be in a place with God where you're going to lack nothing. And I, um, I, Brian and I have been on a journey of increase and I'm, I'm excited to share it with you tonight. So I'm going to start off with a scripture in 1 Thessalonians. Am I? Okay, I'm all right. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 9 to 12. And it says, but concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. But you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed you do so towards, toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more, that you aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business and to work with your own hands, as we commanded you, that you may walk properly towards those who are outside and that you may lack nothing." You know, one thing that I know I am very aware of, and I'm sure you're very aware of it too, is that when you are out in the world and you're amongst the unsaved, they watch your behavior. They really watch you. And and I I kind of make it a bit of a mission with my friends. I don't want them to think I'm weird because I go to church. And so I sit and we go for coffee together. And we sit and we have dinner together and we hang out together. I hang out with with all kinds of people. But, uh, you know, one thing that... It's very, very important for me in my life is that they know that I'm as normal as they are. Yeah. And Josh has, um, Josh has a huge amount of friends in Kingswells, and he actually asked me to say something to you tonight before I started my message, so I think I should. He said to me this week, he said, Mum, what's your message on? And I said, it's called Lack Nothing. And he said, okay. He said, come and watch this video. So he showed me this video, and he said, Mum, I jumped one of my friends this week. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, he lay down in the ground and I jumped over him long ways with my bike. <laughs> and for me, I'm like, okay. And my first question to him was, Josh, did you land on him? Is he all right? And I was quite kind of, I was a bit, I didn't really want to see the video. But anyway, he jumped over Reese on his bike and he made it over completely clear, didn't hit him. And then he said, then he said, once he showed me the video, he said, I want you to say to the congregation that Joshua lacked no fear. He said, I want you to tell them I lacked nothing. So good on you, Josh. That's my boy. That's my boy. But um, there is a way, there is a way that God expects us to live. There is a way that he expects us to live, and this is it. He expects us to live without fear. Yeah, this scripture yeah. says that he wants us to love each other deeply. Yeah. Turn to the person next to you and say, I love you. Oh. <laughs> oh, feel the love. Can I just tell you that if you're single in here tonight, you've probably just got yourself a date? And you've got me to thank for that one. So you can thank me later, it's all right. But God does want us to love each other deeply and he wants us to increase more and more. What does increase mean? It means grow on the inside. God wants us to grow on the inside. He is so so passionate about your increase. He is so passionate about you growing. He's also passionate that we live quietly. What does that mean? It means that we are 
we are uh, not connected or not involved with the noise of the world. Yeah. Okay, to live quietly is to be detached. Yeah. Not completely detached, but to be detached from the noise. Yeah. Mind your own business, work hard, treat, treat others correctly, that you lack nothing. Yeah. I want to emphasize on two things tonight. The increase and the lack nothing. Everyone say increase. Increase. Everyone say lack nothing. nothing. Everyone say increase. Increase. Everyone say lack nothing. Mm. I'm a book at heart when it comes to water. So, I want to read this scripture to you. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And it says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Over the last um, four years, we have had many people saying to us, Ruth, what on earth is going on? What on earth is going on with you and Brian's life, everything that you've been through? What's happening? What's it all about? I had one girl who said to me, she said to me, Ruth, what is this all about? She didn't know God. She, she, um, she isn't in church. But people wonder what's going on. And I want, to, I want to set the record straight tonight. Because what's going on is that God is increasing us on the inside. I don't feel challenged by anything that we've gone through over the last four years. I don't feel moved. But I feel God increasing us on the inside. And so um, God is, he's very much, he's so much about increasing you on the inside. If life was just a bed of roses if everything was great there would be no need for faith there would be no need for 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 any sort of trust in God and we would not increase if life was easy but it but God does want to increase want to increase you and do you know that sometimes when I stood up here last Sunday morning I stood up and I brought a word and that word was that when you find yourself in a situation where God wants to increase you You find yourself in a situation where you have to trust. You're completely out in the water and you have to trust God with everything that you've got. And you've got two choices in that moment. You can either allow this thing to set you right back or you can allow it to propel you forward. You've got two choices right there. God's heart for you is to propel you forward. I, um, I am very aware that even in this, that... It is a case very much of just switching your mind on and saying, do you know what? I am not going to allow it to finish me. Yeah. And that, that is what it is. That is what it is. If you've walked through anything, I'm talking, you know, I'm not just talking, you can't meet your bills, you know. I, I'm talking about, like, more than that. I'm talking about life and death stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about big things. There are people in this room with all different kinds of stories have walked through things that, the pers- that you've never walked through. But it's all about increase. It's all about increase. And in that moment, in that time, you have two choices. You can switch your brain to the, this is going to finish me. Or you can switch it to, this is going to increase me. I've got a quote for you. I made it up myself. (laughs) (laughs) And this is it. (laughs) Come on. When you stand up here and you give a quote, they're not always yours. (laughs) Living in a state of abundance is the result of increasing you on the inside. Okay, so when God increases you, uh, let me tell you something, right? We are in a situation just now in Aberdeen where the oil is just doing what the oil is doing. (laughs) Aberdeen, Aberdeen does not look, 
Aberdeen does not look like it's increasing. It does not look like it's increasing. I, I have, honestly, I have to tell you that even from my own mouth, I have been like, what on earth is going on? It's not increasing. But let me tell you something. There, when you're in this situation, I feel right now full and full of the blessings of God. I feel more blessed than I've ever felt in my life. I feel like I'm living in abundance. I feel like I'm living in the favour of God. I walk down the, the road and I literally feel like God is absolutely all over me and with me in every single thing. And so even in when the storm is saying to you or the situation is saying to you, do you know what, this is going to finish you? No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Because if you switch over and just move aside from that, actually, God is all over you. God is all over you and he's increasing you. He is with you, absolutely. I want to, um, and Pauline, come up here a minute. I want you to help me a second. Put your hands together for Pauline. You see, God has got blessing for your life. God has got blessing for all of us. And um, when God has got blessing for us all, we have to be in a state of of faith we have to be our mind has to be so switched on this is what God's doing not been spoken to by the storm but this is what God's doing now I'm talking about abundance I'm talking about lacking nothing tonight okay so Pauline I want you to put your hands together I want you to now this symbolizes a closed heart okay <laughs> okay I have a gift for you I'm God I have a gift for you, Pauline, and I want to give it to you, and I want you to take it out of my hands. I want you to receive it. I want you to take it. I want you to claim it as your own. Take it any time you like. Take it any, I, want, I want to bless you. I want to do more in you. I want my blessings to overflow. This is what happens when your heart is closed. You can't receive the blessing. You can't claim it as your own. You can't take it. But when your hands are open... You can have the gift. (laughs) So change the settings in your mind. Change the settings in your mind and keep your heart open and let every situation increase you. Let it increase you. God is all about you lacking nothing. He wants to pour it out all over this house. He wants to pour it out all over Aberdeen. I don't even care what what it looks like out there all I know is that God's favor God's blessing is waiting to be poured out over Aberdeen I tell you honestly I know for a fact many people have said oh Aberdeen is done Aberdeen is not done and I want to declare that tonight Aberdeen is not finished I've heard people say that I've heard people say Aberdeen has had its day Aberdeen has not had its day it has not had its day it will prosper again it will I tell you right now it will prosper again it will be a blessed city it you know up above us in the heavens God is waiting to pour And I honestly do feel that if we change our mindsets and change what's coming out of our mouth, we're going to start seeing that flow. We're going to start seeing that river pouring. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. Second Corinthians 3 verse 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding... As in a mirror, the glory of God are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. So there's a prize set before you 
that God has for you. Even before the beginning of time, God had, has written a call. He's written a call for this church. He's written a call for your life. It's set right there. And how many times do we just get really comfortable? How many times do we just, just take our eyes off it a little bit and just start enjoying the luxuries of life? Not that you're not meant to do them, not meant to enjoy them, but let your heart be focused. Let your mind be focused on the call of God. Hebrews 11, 1 to 12. I love this. I love this piece of scripture. Hebrews 11, 1 to 12. Now faith is the confidence in what we have for the assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed by God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith Abel still speaks even though he's dead. By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By, by his faith, he commended the world and became, became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even, even although he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled, to, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand in the seashores. Do you know what? I think God deserves a round of applause because God is faithful to his promise. God is faithful to his promise because by faith, Brian and Ruth went through a storm, but they came out into the promises of God. And by faith, Kevin and Cheryl came to Aberdeen and they saw a revival. And by faith, Pauline gets up every day and she praises God and she will see the promises of God. And by faith, Brian and Jean stand and they agree together and they do see the promises of God. And by faith, Becca went through training and has now got a post. And by faith, we have so many students in here who sit and study and have degrees and have passed all by faith all by trust in God we have to switch our mindset we lack nothing let's look at Noah just for a minute Noah the Bible tells us was a man who was blameless before God he had a wife he had three sons and they were married and God said to Noah I want you to build an ark I'm going to flood the earth and there had never rained before if we turn to Genesis 6 14 it says, so make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 500 cubits wide and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in, 
in the side of the ark and make lower, middle and upper decks. I'm going to bring flood waters to the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. Right, just think about this for a minute. God speaks to Noah and says to Noah, I want you to build that boat. And that's the sizes of the boat. Now, this isn't just a rowing boat, okay? <laughs> this is a massive boat. Now, I can also tell you that Noah wasn't involved in construction. So he didn't have machines. Machines weren't around at that time. So Noah was there and God said to him, I want you to build an ark. And Noah stood there and said, yes, okay, I will. I'll do that. That's fine. If I said to Cheryl, Cheryl, bake me a cake. Bake me a cake right now. You couldn't do it because you don't have the resources. No. And Noah stood there being called by God and didn't have the resources. He didn't have the things. But in his head, he thought, okay, how am I going to make this happen? And he made it happen. Everything that is to be built needs to have resources for the church to be built. It needs to have resources. A lack of resources will stop a move of God. Now, Brian and I, we um, went off to Inverness this morning. And um, we, we drove up to Inverness. We helped out in the church and we came back again. And came here and now I'm preaching. Now, we didn't have to go to Inverness, but we could go to Inverness. And because we could, we did. And what I want to say is, that for Noah, Noah didn't know how he was going to do it, but he did it. Yeah, yeah. So if you've, got, if you've got the resources to make something happen, yeah, yeah. then you have to do it. Yeah, yeah. You have to do it. You know, it's, um, you know, prayer is required to build a house, to build the house of God. Yeah. For a move of God, prayer is required. Yeah. Faith is required. Noah stood there. And uh, God said, build an ark. What did Noah have? This is what he had. He had a willing heart and he had two bare hands. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. That was it. But in that willing heart and in those two bare hands, he had everything he needed. Yeah. He had everything he needed to have a move of God, yeah. to help a move of God happen. He did it. He fulfilled the call of God with a willing heart and two bare hands. Yeah. Who's got a willing heart? Yeah. Who's got two bare hands? Yeah. We can do it. We can do it. It's not difficult. It's not difficult. It's not difficult. You think about Noah. Noah's there and God says to him, build an ark. Not only would that be completely challenging because it had never rained before, but how on earth was he going to get wood that that amount of wood and begin to put it together? But he had a willing heart and he had two bare hands. If you've got a willing heart and two bare hands, you can have a move of God. It's not difficult. Hard workers are needed for a move of God. Finances are needed. Prayer is needed. Mothers and fathers are needed. Youth is needed. Marriages are needed. Everything's needed. Your gifts are needed for a move of God. God has given you everything you need. You have got everything you need right now. You have got everything you need. It's just a switch of the brain. That's what it is. It's just a switch. It's just a switch. It's just saying, do you know what? It's rising up and saying, God, I'll do it. I'll do it. What's God asking of you right now? What has God spoken to you years ago about dreams, about things that he had for you? And somehow, somewhere you've thought you've just got comfortable. And those words are just still there. 
a willing heart and two bare hands. I, um, you know, it's really easy to get into a comfort zone. It's really easy to get into a comfort zone and stay out of the spiritual zone. And I, um, I, uh, I, there have been times in this last little while where a bag of Doritos and dip in the couch has been amazing. <laughs> it has brought healing to my life. I just have to tell you on a Monday night, amazing. Do you know what? Comfort zones are lovely. Comfort zones are really lovely. And honestly, I'm really honest with you, comfort zones, they have been amazing. But anyway, in this season that we have found ourselves in, we had a friend who... Um, who said to us, you know, Ruth, I've just got this word for you. And this word is look up. Just look up. And in the noise of the world, it's so easy to just think how everybody else is thinking. And I started to look up. And as I looked up, I would literally see, I'd feel strength. I would feel grace from heaven. I would feel the presence of God coming around me because my focus was looking up. I want to tell you that comfort zones have never built the house of God. They've never built the house of God. They've never built the house of God. Comfort zones have never, ever done anything effective, ever, ever. Step out of your comfort zone and into your spirit zone. Mark 10, um, 17 to 22. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud, honour your mother and father. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. This is the perfect example of somebody who has, who's not willing to give up everything for the call of God. This is a perfect example of somebody who's completely broken at the call of God because it's going to challenge him to step out with his comfort zone. God will convict you. He will convict you when it comes to the call of God. He'll never condemn you, but he will convict you to fulfill it. I remember years ago when I was a little girl, um, I used to sing a lot in the mod. And um, the mod this one year, the mod, do you know the mod? Oh, right. So the mod is... It's a, yearly, um, it's a yearly thing that happens in Scotland and um, people get, like, Gaelic choirs and schools and stuff come to this competition and they sing and prizes are won and awards are given and all that kind of thing. So I used to sing in a choir in the mod. <laughs> and um, it wasn't the highlight of my life. It really wasn't. <laughs> it was just something that I was always asked to do, so I just did it. Then this one year, this te- my teacher came up to me and she said, Ruth, I want you to sing a solo. I was like, oh no. Because I knew what was going to happen. I was going to stand in this hall, massive hall, with four judges in front of me and a room full of people. And not only did I have to sing a solo, but I had to do it in Gaelic. And it, to me, it was just like, mm, this is not what I want to do. And I was young. I was probably Naya's age. And... Uh, Mum was keen for me to do it and, you know, people were, my teacher was like, you know, it'd be really good if you did it kind of thing and I did it. 
So I sat there in this room and they called my name. And you take this walk and it's like walking to some kind of punishment. And I'm walking and I'm walking up the stairs. And you know you hear every footstep, you know, when you're just dreading something. Stood on the stage and... I need a drink, hold on. (laughs) Stood on the stage and I looked... And I looked... I I stood on the stage and... I looked, and here's these four judges in front of me, and I had been practicing this Gaelic song as far as I was aware. I had it. I was prepared. I was ready to go. They called my name, went up onto the stage, looked at the four judges, and my mind went completely blank. And I just stood there, and my heart started to race. And I thought, oh, no. And I remembered the first line, so I sang it. Then I remembered the second line, I sang it, and I remembered nothing after this. And this song had five verses and four lines in it. And I stood there, and I looked up, and my sister Christine was sitting in the room, and she just had wide eyes, like, what are you doing? Why are you not prepared? And I stood there, and I sang the first two lines of this song, and then I thought, I don't know what to do. So I sang the two lines again. (laughs) And I sang them twice for five verses. And you know, when you're there, when you're there and you just know you're making an idiot of yourself. And I'm there and I just could have cried and I was dying on the inside. And I sang these two lines over and over and over and over again. And this judge, this, I remember this man, he was sitting there at a seat and he looked at this woman like, what is this? And he shook his head and he put his, and I thought, that's it, I am getting nothing. So I stood there and I walked off the stage and I went down and just for that moment, you know, I was the talk of the room because I had just made a total idiot of myself. And I went back to the school and I was the talk of the school for a little while. And I was completely out with my comfort zone because, and and that's what made my brain just go blank. But I wasn't fully prepared. I wasn't fully prepared. I thought I was fully prepared, but I wasn't fully prepared. And here is me standing on a stage thinking, "Mm, okay, I'm going to try and do this. But trying isn't good enough. This is our preparation time. This is a preparation time for the call of God. This is the very moment where you prepare so that when God calls your name, you can say, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let me do it. Let me do it. I, um, there is nothing worse than standing on a stage or on a platform unprepared. Never be unprepared. We, um, then following year, I made sure I was prepared. And um, I actually, that actually damaged me that moment when I was on that stage. And I went back to my teacher and I said, I'll never do it again. Don't ever ask me to do a solo. So I sang in the choirs after that. And choirs aren't so bad because if you don't know your words, you can just wing it. But we did go on to win awards. And I would like to think I contributed. (laughs) But um, I would like to think I did. I keep telling myself that. But anyway. But... This is your preparation time, and this is your time to learn what you need to learn. It's your time to let God work on you so that you can live in the fullness of everything he's got for you, lacking nothing, living in the increase of God. Um, Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I know my season, and I know that what's coming is what I've hoped for. I know that the blessing that we're about to walk into is every dream that we've ever dreamed. 
And I know that, and I know that because I have faith in God. I have faith in God that everything that you walk through is for something. It's not for nothing. So how do you do it? How do you um, develop your place of resource? How do you develop on the inside so that you can fulfill the call of God? This is what you do. And this is what's helped me through this last few years. Praise, faith, and focus. Praise, faith, and focus. Three things. Everyone say praise. Praise. Say faith. Faith. Say focus. Focus. Say praise. Praise. Faith. Faith. Focus. Focus. Praise. Praise. Faith. Faith. Focus. Focus. Praise. Praise. Faith. Focus. There's some of you racing ahead. I like that. (laughs) I like that. You keep going. I'm I'm cheering you on. Praise. I, um, I, one thing that has definitely got Brian and I through this, and it gets, you, it'll get you through anything is praise. I am, I will sit in my car and I will start praising God for who he is in my life. I walk the kids to school. I'll start praising God for who he is in my life. I'll go to work and as I work, I will praise God for who he is in my life. Praise turns your attention to heaven. Everything is small. Everything is small when praise is welcomed in. The moment you start praising and you start understanding how massive God is, everything else becomes tiny. Everything else, it turns your attention heavenwards. Faith is the substance of all things hoped for. Turn with me to Proverbs 4.25. It says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your your gaze directly before you. God has called us. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your, your gaze directly before you. There is a call of God to be fulfilled. But praise will get you there. In Psalms it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continuously be in my mouth. My soul shall not make its boast, shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.